Hello and welcome to the Wednesday night edition of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your host for the night, uh, Mortz, and I'm joined by no one because Southern Dan went off gallivanting with a friend last night. Uh, he couldn't make it tonight. He's still stuck on a train somewhere in between Sutherland and Cronulla, uh, waiting for a bus that is never going to turn up for his big head. Um, tonight, I will be reviewing the uh, the comprehensive win against the Manly Warringah Seagulls that came in an uncustomary year for us, as well as uh, giving a bit of a preview on what I think is going to happen against the Brisbane Broncos. But Obviously, we're here to talk about the main game, and that is the Sharks defeating the Manly Warringah Seagulls 34 points to 22 uh, in a game, a win that came two years too early for us. Um, Normally, we only beat the Seagulls uh, on an Olympic year, uh, such has been the the history uh, since 2012, or 2008. 12, 16 and 20 and now we've uh, we got them in 2022 as well. Uh, we beat them by the score line of 34 points to 22 as mentioned um, in a display in the first half which was nearly perfect from Cronulla and was especially perfect from CSU for Talakai and the second half can only be described as disastrous. The conditions really kicked in, uh, the wind picked up, the rain started tumbling and Cronulla fell asleep and didn't wake up from their slumber. Uh, really lucky that we went out uh, and got 32 points in the first half because Manly came out firing uh, and ready to go. But, um, you know, it's a game where you walk away from it feeling disappointed. You know, you feel really disappointed in that performance, mainly in the second half because of how good the first half was. You know, Shark Park was bouncing. There was 10,000 people there. Um, you know, you couldn't believe what was happening in the first half. You couldn't, you know, the, the first 20 minutes, you couldn't believe your eyes what, what Talakai was doing, you know. Cherry Evans drops the, drops the ball from the kickoff and, you know, we, we spread the ball, uh, get the ball out to Talakai and, and and it's a try. And, you know, from there we just really owned Manly. Um, we, we we didn't give him any, any space. Cherry Evans didn't have any room to get any of his kicks away. Uh, our kick chase was perfect. Uh, Nico Hines nearly kicked a 40-20. You know, everything in about that first half was just nearly perfect from Cronulla. Um, and it, as I said, it was perfect from Talakai. 262 metres, he finished uh, a game high, but he had 202 of those metres in the first half, which, which suggests we really struggled to get him the ball in the second half. Um, two tries, three try assists uh, in a game where he was just a man possessed. And Morgan Harper, Jason Saab, even Cherry Evans wanted none of him in the first half. He was just absolutely destroying them. And it feels it feels really flat to turn around and, and talk about that that second half because of what happened in the first half. You know, we were we were perfect. We uh, you know we were making lots of meters. We were tackling hard. Um, our tackles were hitting and sticking, and and you know mainly weren't getting any offloads. You know, we knew when to get the ball to to Jesse Ramian, who had one hundred and forty four meters. We knew when to get the ball to Talakai, who was just busting tackles. Katoa and Mulatalo were on it all night. Um, and then something changed at halftime. Halftime was the worst thing that happened to us. And yeah, I think if we go into the sheds, you know, at 12 nil, uh, instead of 32 nil, then, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different kind of ball game. It's a different kind of mindset, but at 32 nil, you know, we all wanted 50 and 60. Um, but Manly, they've got some classy players. Their forward pack was still really good on the night. Cherry Evans, you know, he's a class player, you know, top three half back in the league. Um, you know, Kieran Four and loves having a big game against us. You know, Ruben Garrick, whether he's on the wing or at fullback, he's a classy player. Um, 
Uluqawatu, you know, Simbin in the first half, come out firing in the second half. So it was one of them games where, you know, we really missed Alphanukin. Um, I you know, definitely missed Alphanukin and we definitely missed Braden hamlin Ueli as well. You know, his presence was really felt uh, missing in the second half I, I of that game. I felt, you know, he's he's the kind of person who can put on a big shot wrestle some momentum back and obviously as well, you know, how quickly they marched up the field in the second half. Someone like Dale Fanuke and, you know, he's able to uh to stop that that momentum as well with, you know, with some defensive intensity and I don't think they scored twenty two points if Dale's playing. That's just an honest opinion. Uh we finished the game fifty one percent of possession. Uh, we must have had sixty six percent at half time because um, you know, to, to turn around and say that we only just had half the ball or you know, in the first half we must have had all of it, in the second half we must have had none of it. Um the alarming thing for mine was thirty four missed tackles the last couple of weeks, those missed tackle counts have really crept up. You know, we'd been under twenty uh for three weeks in a row before we played Melbourne and then the errors start creeping in as well. We made a lot of errors against the West Tigers. We were perfect in the first half against the Storm, and then when the game got away from us, we started dropping the ball. Ten errors in this game as well is you know something that Fitz isn't going to be real happy about. Um, I want to give a shout out to Cameron McInnes, uh, undersized player, but uh, you know made the most meters of any forward on the park. Um, again, you know uh, you can you can probably hear the tone in my voice as well. It's it's pretty flat, you know, talking about this game because the first half. As I said, it was a party in the Shire, and in the second half, you know, you chewing your nails, thinking, "Are Manly really going to do it?" At one point there, in the second half, they were racing the clock for points. They 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 scored ten points in the first ten minutes, and then after fourteen minutes, they'd scored sixteen. Um, and we stemmed them for a little bit, but you know, sort of went error for error with them, and it's it's not the prettiest kind of football. But you know, I say this. At six o'clock on Thursday afternoon, if anyone had called me and said, "Yo, Terry, Cronulla's going to win tonight, and uh, the score is going to be thirty-four to twenty-two," I'd have beat your hand off. I'd, I'd take that two points. I'd take that win against Manly. I'd take that scoreline. The most deflating part is, you know, that they didn't tell me was that we were going to win thirty-two nil and you know lose the second half, twenty-two points to two. Um, it, it it sucked as well because. You know, at thirty-two nil, you're sitting there thinking that you can do a real number for your four and against, and and really space some teams. But what happened was, you know, bring it back. We only win by twelve points. The Melbourne Storm, who we're chasing at the moment, um, they go and win seventy points to ten, and the Parramatta Reels win thirty-nine points to two. So, you know, Parramatta leapfrog us. We started around in in third place. We win the game and we finished around in fourth place because Parramatta have got a big four and against, and the Melbourne Storm now going. You know, they've got a better foreign against than Penrith. So, you know, it was a it's a game where, you know, it, literally it's a tale of two halves. And I don't want to talk about that first half. You know, you could just tell from the warm-up the boys were up for it. Nico was kicking the ball all over the park. Um, you know, we were really into each other. You know, Jack Williams was was really marshalling the forwards and, and it was good to see Wade Graham was there as well, you know, sort of telling everyone you know, what to do and fire and him up and Andy Fafita in the warm-ups as well. You know, the forwards looked up for it. You could tell that in the first half. And, you know, the backs, they're putting bombs up. Will Will Kennedy was catching everything. Mulatalo was catching everything. Talakai and Ramian were ripping into each other. You know, put some grubber kicks in for Katoa. He wasn't dropping one. And, uh, you know, you could just tell that a big first half was coming. You had a look at Manly. They didn't, you know, they, down the other end, they weren't ripping into each other as much. It looked like they were conserving energy. Um, 
maybe they knew it was coming, maybe they didn't. But uh, that first half, like, you know, what can you say? It was it was perfect, and it, uh, you know, this is the game where obviously CC Vitalikai was the standout in that game. But you know, if you watch a replay, I only watched the first half, and you'll just see Nico Hines stamp his authority on the game. He knew when to spread the ball, how to spread the ball, who it needed to go to. You know, in the in this time when you're up twenty nil and and you're trying to capitalize on that. You can take the wrong options with your passes, but Hines didn't make any wrong options at all. And you can any time that Talakai made a break, it was, you know, because Hines was cutting out two players and hitting Will Kennedy, or you know, he was he was using two decoys and hitting Moylan, and we're getting that ball to Talakai when and where we needed to. I think it was a brilliant first half from from Nico Hines. Um, just as much as it was CC for Talakai, Hines had that ball on a string. He had the forwards going where he wanted to. He had the backs, you know getting the ball where, where they needed to. Um, Blake Braley in the first half, again, his running game was incredible, but you know we didn't give him any space in the second half. Blake Braley's a player who has shown this year that if our forwards are rolling, his running game is on. But you know, the second half, we got no momentum from him. The wind was a bit strong. His passing game wasn't as crisp. Um, someone said to me, you know, five-day turnaround after playing Melbourne in Melbourne and you know have to travel down there play Melbourne, get beaten up, have to travel back. And then, you know, five-day turnaround playing Manly who, you know, they hate us, we hate them. Everyone hates Manly. Um, and Manly wanted to, to give us a fight. Maybe in the second half, legs came into it and, and Manly's fight, I don't know. But that second half was just really deflating and, and really flattening. Um, it was it was a privilege to hear Fitz in the, uh, in the press conference say that, you know, he was disappointed, but there's no point shouting and screaming because we won. You know, he knew what we needed to do. And, and he mentioned the five-day turnaround as well. Um, you know, we got a seven-day turnaround, back-to-back Thursday night games, which is great. Get some airtime on those those Channel 9 games as well. Um, I guess the pleasing thing that comes out of this win as well was, um, you know, not only we beat Manly, and hopefully we've lifted a little bit of a hoodoo against them as well, but... It sets you up for a nice long weekend, not having to worry about when your team's playing and if they're going to let you down. Um, you know, come Friday morning at work, I was bright and bubbly. Uh, Matt Beddington, who plays for the Newtown Jets, who also works for me, he's a Manly fan. Uh, so it was nice to go in and, you know, let him know that his team sucks and, you know, his best mate's in Morgan Harper, so it made it twice as fun. Uh, overall, look... You know, as I said, if you told me before the game we were going to beat Manly by 12 points, I, as I said, I, I would have beat your hand off. Um, I probably would have, you know, sacrificed a lot of things, a lot of possessions out of my house just to beat Manly uh, in, in not an Olympic year. But, you know, in the circumstances that you take that 12-point win, there's a lot of what-ifs and a lot of what got left behind um, and what could have been, you know. All we needed to do was, uh, uh, you know, score another one or two tries in the second half and all of a sudden you're talking about not only are we two points ahead of the Sydney Roosters and the North Queensland Cowboys, but our four and against is far, far superior, just as far as being far superior. Um, it was nice of Little Brother Dragons to uh, to get a win for us against the Roosters, but, um, you know, what happened happened and, you know, I'm sure that Fitz is going to you know be saying to the guys, look, you've got a seven-day turnaround, preparation's going to be fine. You know, there was a few rest days, there was a lot of boys swimming down at the beach and a lot of laughs happen around Cronulla and, um, you know, we're going to travel up to Brisbane uh, today, I believe. We travel up to Brisbane today um, 
and, uh, you know, really rip into the Broncos. So let's talk about that now. We will be playing the Brisbane Broncos uh, tomorrow night, or depending on when you listen to this, I'm, I'm recording on Wednesday. We'll be playing the Broncos on Thursday night, 8 o'clock uh, at Suncorp Stadium. The Brisbane Broncos are in ninth spot um, on six competition points with a four and against the minus 39. Uh, and, you know, in front of a home crowd, they, they've got a real opportunity to, to jump into eighth spot before the Rabbitohs play. They, they can leapfrog them with a win, as cliche as it sounds. Um, you know, four and against is really hurt in Brisbane, so it'd be nice to go up there and do a number on them. Uh, we've named uh, an unchanged uh, starting 13 uh, against the uh, the Brisbane Broncos. There has been a change uh, on our interchange. Oh, sorry, we, sorry there was a change. Uh, we haven't named I, I completely lied to you. Dal Finucane is back. Um and Aiden Tolman has kept the starting spot, although he didn't start against uh, the Manly Moringa Seagulls. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe that, that change for, for Royce Hunt will happen again. But Finucane's back in the team. McInnes uh, is back to the bench. I would have thought, personally, that Finucane would have come back into prop and McInnes uh, into lock. But, uh, you know, this is this is how we're going at the moment. McInnes is, is nice, high-energy, high-impact off the bench for us. I expect him to play big minutes. Um, Finucane back, captaining the team, um, leading us, you know, by example from the front foot and getting that defensive starch back. I expect him to be the one that takes the personal battle. You know, him him and Toby Rudolph take that personal battle to to Payne Haas in the first half, who comes into the game with a with an injury. I, I suspect we'll be uh you know, be testing that shoulder out from Payne, um, just to see how much pain he is. No no play on words there, no pun intended. Um what is exciting is that Wade Graham is uh he's he, he's been named and tonight we've cut the the bench down but but Wado's still there um in jersey number nineteen. I'd really love him to play. Um, you know, obviously he's gonna come in for one of uh Royce Hunt or, or Andrew Fafita and you know, judging off the game on the weekend, I think that's gonna be Andrew Fafita would be the one that would, would drop out and, and go to eighteenth man. Um, you know, if Wade is eligible to play, I still think that, well, he's eligible to play, um, available to play I, is another story. I thought um, that Wade would make his uh, season uh, debut against the New Zealand Warriors the uh, the following week. Um, but, you know, I'd love him to be up at Suncorp, you know, taking some of that pressure off and, you know, really adding some starch to our defence out wide. Um, speaking of out wide, the uh, the battle of CC Vitalikai versus Katoni Staggs promises to be a huge one. And, you know, whilst everyone's going to be looking at Katoni Staggs on, on Talakai, um, you know, when they get the, when both of them get the ball, I think this is going to be a big, big task for Teague Wilton to really support Talakai. You know, one, one thing that, that Staggs has is incredible footwork. He likes to, uh, to give the goose step and go on the outside before cut back in, and that's where... You know, Teague really needs to come across and, and help Talakai mark up. I think if we give Talakai the ball with a, you know, running space, um, ta- you know, uh, Staggs isn't going to be defensively capable of, of handling him, whereas, you know, if we, we do our job, we can we can mark up on him um, quite easily. Uh, the Broncos, look, their back line doesn't terrify me. Um, Adam Reynolds in recent years has kicked us off the park. Uh, Tyson Gamble last year absolutely destroyed us. Katoni Staggs is, uh, you know, as I said, he's in he's in pretty good form as well. Corey Oates is in form, but it's not a backline that screams, you know, 
they, they're going to cut you to pieces like we do. You know, our, our, our back five run for 100 metres every game. This is the first time Will Kennedy this year didn't run for 100 metres against Manly. Um, but, you know, he looked like he was under an injury cloud. Um, Tamari Martin, you know, good to see him back in the NRL as well. But I'd, I'd really love to see us putting some pressure on some high balls, some spirals. And, uh, you know, if one thing the dog showed in the first half, even though Martin was there on the goal line, it's, you know, your long kicks, he, his positioning isn't quite the best. Um, their forward pack, look, Jensen Haas, uh, Walters, Ricky, Capewell and Hetherington, that's a that's a forward pack that we can really take advantage of. Um, on the bench, they've got uh, Corey Pay, uh, Kennedy Flegler and uh, Palacia. Look, it's it's a bench that doesn't strike fear into anyone. It's a it's a starting lineup for the Broncos that you look at it and just think, well, you know, if Cronulla are serious about not only being a top eight team but being a top four team and and being spoken about as a contender, then this is the game that you've got to win and win well. Um, again, if someone offered me a, a twelve point win tomorrow, I'd probably take it because going up to Brisbane's not easy. Thursday night, you know, they're going to have a, a pretty big crowd there. It's not going to be fun, so I'd take a I'd take a two point win at this stage. I just want to keep winning the games, but. You know, if you want to be serious about this, this is a game where you have to bump your four and against by any, you know, 14, 18, 20, 22, 24 points. I think, you know, to win this game, we really need to make sure that they don't get the roll on up the middle. We've got to limit Payne Haas, not only his metres, but his laid offload. Um, you know, if we can if we can slow him down and not, you know, not let him have a quick play of the ball, then the Broncos aren't really going to hurt you too much. Likewise, if we can get some momentum in there, we, we don't have the players like Payne Haas who will roll you for 15 or 20 metres, but what we do have are smart players who know how to hit the deck, get a quick play of the ball, allow Braley to scoot, service Hines, and, and as I said, Nico Hines is in that rare patch of form where you know he's throwing the ball out wide to the likes of Moylan and uh, and our centres to to get them rolling. So, you know, looking at this game here, it's, it, it's a game where we should win and win well. And like, you know, yesteryears of the Sharks, these are the games where... You know, we generally lose. Um, it would be a really disappointing effort and achievement from Cronulla to go and beat, you know, Manly, and then go up to Brisbane and, and lose this game against a, a really, really average Brisbane Broncos team, average players on the field with an average coach. Um, yeah, this is a game that we shouldn't be losing. We should be winning and winning comfortably. Um, I think this is a game where Nico Hines really just, you know, he needs to keep continuing to stand up and building and owning that that number seven jersey uh, and, and and also as well more than finding some space. Um, I'm going to pick us for a win here. I know on Rugby League Outlaws that I've, I've picked the jinx, um, but this is a, a tipping comp that doesn't count because it's just me tipping against myself this week on the on the podcast. I'm going to pick us to win, and I'm going to pick us to win by 13+. plus. Uh, Matt Moylan's bag, his first try of the year. Um, and... Uh, CC Vitalikai to continue his roll on for a Blues jersey. Now, some news during the week. Obviously, uh, still no closer to the Britain Nakora saga. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Um, the gut feeling around the Shire is he's going to stay, but he just wants that little bit more money. Uh, I guess, you know, we have to have a look at, you know, players like Talakai who are able to speak to play able to speak to clubs in November you know we need to lock him up as well so we need to make sure that we have funds available and I know it sounds silly but money you allocate for the next couple of years you know if you give a hundred thousand dollars extra per year that's a hundred thousand dollars left you have to have to offer CC for Talakai and if he's gonna you know 
you know, get close to or force his way into that New South Wales team, then he's going to demand a serious pay upgrade from us. Um, so some other further news as well. Um, Dave Riccio said that uh, we're monitoring the Paul Vaughan situation. We'd like to get him for the remainder of the year and, and possibly one or two years after. Look, Paul Vaughan is a player who, you know, when you hear this kind of news, it divides you down the line. There's 50% of people who don't want him, 50% of the people who do. I'm uh, I'm one of the people who do want Paul Vaughan, the player, but it's obviously Paul Vaughan, the person. You know, you've got to hope that he's not going to come in and, and cause any issues. Obviously, he, he forced his way out of... Canberra very early and um, you know he was sacked from St George so he doesn't have a great uh, track record but what he does have this year is great performances in a, a very very average Bulldogs team um, you know this could potentially be a swap for Lockie Miller I wouldn't be too keen on that but obviously you know the Bulldogs have come out and said they don't think they're going to be able to re-sign Paul Vaughan for next year so if we can offer him that you know uh, uh, the money that's going to secure him for the remainder of the year and give him that security for one or two years He's a fantastic bench option. He's uh, at the moment he's a better option for than than Andrew Feeder. He's a better option than Jack Williams. We've also got Oregon Kafusi coming as well. So you know if you can have Paul Vaughan or Oregon Kafusi coming off your bench, you've got a you've got a hell of a forward pack there. Um, I think uh, you know he's he's definitely the uh, one to watch out there. But um, and, and the final news that we got to see if Talakai has come out and said that he would love to declare himself eligible for New South Wales but still play for Tongan because they're a tier two nation. Look, he's a proud Tongan man. He's going to be in the, the Tongan side somewhere, whether he plays in the back row or, you know, they put him at centre. That's a scary thought that, you know, perhaps Katoni Staggs could, could be the centre partnership with Talakai. They're battling against each other this weekend. They could go to the World Cup and battle, you know, in the centres and that's a scary proposition for, for other nations as well. But Talakai has said that he, he's declared himself for New South Wales. Personally, don't think he's going to get there. Um, I know there's injuries to Turbo and Latrell, and you don't know when they're going to come back. But um, I think there's some other centers like Stephen Crichton and Campbell Graham, um, who have probably put in the yards for a little bit longer than Talakai. But there's there's no no denying his uh, his output at the moment. He's he's one of the four best centers in the competition. You've also got Katoni Staggs, who's coming up against as well, who has made himself eligible for New South Wales and Tonga. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cracking game. As I'm I'm picking I'm picking Cronulla to uh to get up on this one. Um, you know we we've got to, we've got to get on a roll now. The the draw is pretty favourable for us in the next coming weeks. Um, obviously, you know the hard the hardest one of this block of five, and and I always refer to the block of five. There's twenty five rounds in the competition. Obviously, um, how are you gonna go? We uh, won four out of the first five. We've beat Manly. We've got the Broncos. You've then got the uh, the Warriors at home, the Raiders at home, and uh, we've got the Gold Coast Titans away. Um, well, the, the Raiders' home game is actually a magic round, but it is a home game for us as well. And, uh, you know, that's that's the, the 10 games there for us. So, um, you know, if we can get through this unscathed, it's... Um, it's it's one of them things where you know after ten round after ten rounds if we're eight and two, you know we'd be there and thereabouts for the uh the top four, um, we'll probably put some distance between us. So the, as I said, these are the games that we really have to win. We've got a nice favourable draw coming up. Um, I think the final margin I picked last week uh, against Manly twenty six twelve. I'll pick this one to be thirty to twelve. Uh, they'll score some scabby tries. 
But uh, yeah, it should be should be a dominant display, and you're probably going to see how much we did miss Dale Fanuke and uh, with his leadership on this. I uh, don't have too much more to ramble on about, so I'll just give it the uh, how Matt Moylan. <laughs>